What's up everybody, welcome back to the High Wrestling Podcast, and today we're getting into a little bit more of those Halloween Havoc match recommendations, and when I said I was looking for Halloween Havoc match recommendations, you guys definitely delivered. I think I'm covered throughout the month of October, but damn. Thank you again to Verb Abrams, also Darwin Finch, and who else? Twitter user Outlaw Jamboree also sent me recommendations. So, shout out to the three of them for shooting me those matches. And we'll be getting into those throughout the month of October. Today, we're going to get into Dean Malenko versus Rey Mysterio at 96, Nagata versus Dragon 97, and depending on how long both of those goes we might get into Hogan Warrior at 98 otherwise we might save that for the next episode but yeah welcome to Halloween welcome to spooky season it is that time of the year I'm so excited um I kind of fell off my 31 days of Halloween but I also haven't not been consuming Halloween content. Like, I haven't watched a horror movie in a couple days. However, I have been watching horror content on YouTube. So I've been, like, binging Dead Meat, Joe Blow Horror Originals, and also Possessed by Horror. I was watching her channel a little bit before I started recording. But speaking of horror and speaking of Darwin Finch, my friend has a horror podcast with Hop Daddy from Hood Slam fame where they watch horror movies and it's fun. It's a great time. It's called Geekin' for Scaries. It's on YouTube. Definitely check it out if you want to consume that spooky season content. I also have a horror podcast myself called Hangin' with Evil. Right now I'm just talking about franchises. But soon, we will expand outside of franchises. But yeah, essentially, that's what we're getting into. I think the next episode, after the Scream episode that's dropping soon, the next episode is for sure going to be an update on all of the horror movies that I've been watching this past month. Essentially, my goal with this 31 Days of Halloween is to watch stuff I've never seen before. And if I'm watching it again, it has to be something that I haven't seen in a very long time. So, yeah. We're rocking and rolling over here. Also, the Trader Joe's Thai Lime and Chili Almonds. Yeah. Yeah. Let me take some decongestant and let's get into it. We're like halfway through October. Kind of, sort of. This is like, I would say this is the midway point of October. 
which means not only is Halloween coming up, we still have a whole month of wrestling to look forward to. Because even today, as of this recording, Supreme Pro Wrestling is hosting their Halloween show, Ghouls, Frights, and Wrestling Tights, in Elk Grove. And then on the 19th, we got Stoner U doing their show, Golden Axe Handle. The 20th, Hood Slam's doing Aurora Obscura. On the 28th, we got Full Queer doing their last show of the year, We Live, at the Lone Star Saloon in SF. By the way, Stoner U Show is at the Stoner U Dojo. Hood Slam, I believe, is at the Continental Club this time. Full Queer at Lone Star and SF. This is also the last Full Queer show of the year. So, definitely come check it out. Also, having their last show of the year is Ugwa on the 29th, Devil's Night, at the Emporium in San Francisco. So, definitely go check them out, because those are probably the last two times. Not even probably. Those are the last two times you will be able to catch Ugwa and Full Queer for the rest of 2023. Which is only two months left. That's weird to think about. That is so weird to think about. It feels like this year was both the longest and fastest year at the same time. Like, everything this year happened so fast, but it also dragged on. I don't know if that's going to make any sense. I hope that makes sense. It's the longest, shortest year I've ever experienced. And with two months left in this year, you know what this means? The realization that I will be 27 next year is just looming in the background. It's crazy to think about. Because in a non-depressing way, I didn't think I would make it to 27. And that's more so, I wasn't prepared to make it to 27. I'm grateful to live my life and be alive and wake up every day. But did I think I was going to make it to 27? Questionable. not that I thought I was going to kick the bucket. I just was not prepared for my 20s. There was no schoolhouse rock on how to navigate your 20s. Yeah, there was no schoolhouse rock on how to navigate your 20s. So, I was definitely not prepared. There was no Blue's Clues episode about this. start preparing for the journey that is my 30s soon.
let me tell you, I don't consider myself old by any means. But this is not the same body that survived Warp Tour. This is not the same body that survived all of those concerts in high school. I will tell you that right now. Man, that's crazy. But, while we're on the subject of wrestling, there's something that I want to talk about. Because also, something that happened wrestling-related in the month of October, specifically last night. West Coast Pro had their five-year anniversary show. They had no business popping off the way that they did when they put that show on. Let me tell you, from bell to bell, from start to finish, I was enthralled. I was drawn in. I was sucked in. The two things that will live rent-free in my mind Timothy Thatcher, Chris Hero, and Starboy Charlie making Titus Alexander tap. I never in my life thought I would ever see Titus Alexander tap out. Much like I didn't think I would make it to the year 27, 26 even, I never thought I would ever see Titus Alexander tap out. Crazy. Crazy to think about. But overall, the show was amazing. Like, I feel bad because I've only been to like one West Coast Pro show. That's when they did it in Sacramento when I was living in Fairfield. So only I've only really been to West Coast Pro once, but from the two times, including last night, from the two times, both being there and watching on the live stream, my two experiences with West Coast Pro, I can already tell that they've got something special because if they can go to L.A. and get Daniel Garcia on the card, let me fucking tell you. that you guys had Kenta Kabashi putting the title on Starboy Charlie. Unheard of. Unreal. Ultimo Dragon and Motor City Machine Guns on the same card. In the same tag team. Unreal. And I'm gonna echo the sentiment that everybody was saying about Johnny Robbie because she is one of my favorites on the independents. She's going places for real. I'm not just saying that. She is genuinely one of my favorites. She is so talented. I know she can kick my ass. But man. Sometimes I'm just mind blown about all the wrestling 
that is there to be consumed. Because I keep saying, there's so much more than WWE and AEW. I mean, like, everything, everybody can find something to enjoy. Whether it's WWE, AEW, Independence. Wrestling has something for everybody to enjoy. Just like horror movies. That's where there's parallels. At least to me. There's something that everybody can enjoy. Both in horror and in wrestling. Because there's so many types of wrestling just like there are so many sub-genres of horror. You can always find something. But if you can't find anything, you're not looking hard enough. But yeah, props to everybody at West Coast Pro. And here, here's me. Just only a year into this independent wrestling shit. To see what West Coast Pro has done in five years, like, to see what all of these independent NorCal promotions have been doing in just my year of discovering NorCal independent wrestling, I'm amazed. I'm blown away. You would, you could say I'm easily, easily impressionable when it comes to wrestling, but I wouldn't sit up here on this podcast and lie to y'all when I say everything that I watch is good. I'm not saying everything that I watch is good, but everything that I watch is good. Because I've seen some bad shit. But I'll tell you one thing. I've seen some bad wrestling matches. Let me start over. I've seen some bad wrestling in my years of being a wrestling fan. But I'll tell you one thing. I've not seen bad wrestling at an independent show. So if I ever talk about seeing some bad wrestling, know that it's not at an independent show. Because honestly, I've yet to see a bad match at an independent show. I don't want to speak too soon. Because, like, I've learned very quickly, you never want to say it couldn't be me. Because it very well could be you. I don't want to speak too soon and say that I haven't seen any bad matches at at an independent wrestling show. But, as far as my track record goes, nothing bad that I've seen has been at an independent wrestling show. I may have seen dicks at a wrestling show. But I've never seen anything bad. Not seen one bad match at an independent show. That's not me knocking WWE and AEW. I mean, everybody has their faults. It just seems like... Some people have more faults... More frequently than others. Because... That's also what I wanted to get into in this episode. Because... I just wanted to share my thoughts and opinions on what's current, currently happening in the current product as someone that's not watching the current product. Contradictory, I know. But I feel like I watch enough and keep up with enough throughout social media and YouTube where I can still voice an opinion. But also, 
this is also kind of a segue because I'm using the YouTube highlights in my subscriptions as talking points. But while I'm here, I just want to shout out two YouTube channels that are unrelated to wrestling, but have everything to do with my inner child and nostalgia. Rinse Repeat and Cereal Milk VHS. They do complete broadcasts of at least my era of excuse me television in general because I wasn't a straight Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, or Disney kid. I watched all three, to be fair. So it's not like I favored one channel over the other. But I will say I'm closer to Millennial than I am Gen Z, even though technically by being born in 1997, I am Gen Z. I'm closer to the millennial era than anything. But, <clears throat> essentially what I'm trying to get here, get at here is the golden age of television, i.e. Nickelodeon, Disney, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, Rinse Repeat, Cereal Milk, VHS, put together these broadcasts of like a full night of Adult Swim or a full night of Toonami from like late 90s early 2000s. It's beautiful. I fall asleep to it and it's just like my childhood when I would fall asleep to Toonami. Like it, I love it. I love it. So definitely if you are in the approaching your late 20s age generation like I am Check that out. But let's get into let's get into WWE, AEW, and a little bit of Ring of Honor. Because I have a lot of opinions that I haven't really been speaking on. I've been peeping it more often than not, but I haven't been speaking on it because I keep seeing stuff and I'm like, okay, I'll save it for the podcast. And then I just don't talk about it and forget. But today we're finally doing it. Mainly because I remembered. So one thing that I want to start off with is something that's just been on my mind since it happened. This is a very late opinion. Just because I was, I peep shit. I'm the type of person where I will peep shit and I will wait to see how it plays out before I kind of form my opinion. But now that I've seen how it has played out. I know that Tony Khan meant well when he bought Ring of Honor, but I can't help but feel like he doesn't know what he's doing with Ring of Honor, and I feel like that kind of shows, because it just seems like the wrestlers that he doesn't know what to do with on like the flagship shows like Dynamite, Rampage, and Collision, he just sends them down to Ring of Honor, because I feel like Ethan Page was just doing so much with private party and the Hardys and all of a sudden he's on Ring of Honor? When did that happen? And another question that I have over on the subject of Ethan Page, where is Scorpio Sky? Real questions. Real questions. Now, one thing that 
I won't fault Tony Khan in AEW for, and I feel like I briefly talked about this in my interview with Jackie Orange. Check it out. Um, there's so many opportunities for Edge in AEW, and I feel like... I'm going to unpack this when we get to WWE, but I feel like the state of WWE is so limited because they have like a specific way they want to present their product to the consumer. And it's giving Stepford Wives, for lack of a better term. I don't know. So WWE, I've never seen the Stepford Wives ever. But it's just giving me that Stepford Wives cookie cutter. Everything has to be a certain way. Like you're walking on eggshells. Like, because you got to be presented a certain way. That's what I feel WWE is, is right now. We'll get it. We'll unpack it in a minute. But I feel like the edge that we are going to get, especially as someone who didn't grow up in did but didn't i grew up in the attitude era ruthless aggression era but was i watching then no i had no idea what wwe was i mean i will say wwe was a big enough product in my childhood to where i knew of the rock and i would do his eyebrow move to just annoy my mom i would literally go up to my mom and do the eyebrow thing and be like oh, look i'm the rock but have no context whatsoever outside of that to wwe so i mean it was big enough to where i knew who the rock was growing up and i knew that the rock was a wrestler and i was very i kind of was growing up in the era where, where the rock was essentially the first wrestler turned actor so i was kind of confused when he started appearing in movies because as a child, you're still getting, like, a concept of the world. You're getting grips on the world. But, you know, I was confused. I was like, what's going on here? The math is not mathing. However, essentially, I feel like, as someone who didn't watch WWE in the Attitude and Ruthless Aggression eras, this is probably the closest that I will get to seeing Edge in that era to some way shape or form and the fact that not only he is in AEW but Christian's in AEW the Hardy Boys are in AEW and as someone who grew up with all of these wrestlers at very different points in their careers because when I got into wrestling Edge was I think what was going on with Edge when I got into wrestling I think he had just returned at the Royal Rumble. He was there for like five minutes and then he had to retire because of his neck. I was there for ECW Champion Christian when WWE took it over. And of course I grew up with Jeff and Matt Hardy. Like we can't sit up here and pretend that Matt Hardy didn't have one of the best entrance themes. In the late 2000s. Or all of the 2000s live for the moment should be on streaming it is a crime that it is not on any streaming service 
but someone who can kind of live that, even though they're all old as shit, but to someone who can kind of just get that. And the fact that now there are all these new players that can participate, because right now, I'm looking at a thumbnail of Christian Cage and Brian Danielson, something that probably never would have happened. Because imagine if Daniel Bryan was had never been cleared to wrestle. Imagine if Christian Cage never came back to wrestling. Imagine if he had never shown up in the Royal Rumble and just gone over to AEW immediately after that. Can you believe, like, all of the matchups that he could potentially be getting? Because I think even Edge himself mentioned how he wanted to fight Kazuchika Okada. Like, can, <laughs> Leaving that there. At the, <laughs> I've already cried twice this week. And to be fair, I am a woman who has like a whole reproductive system and a menstrual cycle, so if you want to know the background as to why. Starboy Charlie winning the West Coast Pro title made me cry. There's your answer. It's been an emotional one. But I know for a fact. If we ever get Edge versus Okada, I will be crying. 100%. Tears. Whole breakdown, probably. That dude who was crying when CM Punk came back out of retirement, that's gonna be me. When Edge and Okada hit that ring. Now. Dare I say Collision seems like it's a way better show than Dynamite. And Rampage combined. Like, Rampage has always been bottom tier to me. Rampage has never been my favorite. Because I feel like. It's just there. Rampage to me gets that middle child treatment. And it feels like I hear more about Collision and Dynamite than I do Rampage. Although I hear way more about Collision than anything. Collision is shaping up to be the A show. And I love that. I absolutely love that. Dare I say, Collision is what Tony Khan's Ring of Honor thinks it is. Controversial, I know, but I feel like Collision is giving me the Ring of Honor energy that I'm looking for. And Ring of Honor, Tony Khan's Ring of Honor, feels like that late 2000s ECW. Although I am intrigued to see what this Julia Hart, Willow Nightingale, Sky Blue collaboration is. I'm very intrigued. Although... What's up with the House of Black? Because I saw, like... A shirt, a House of Black shirt came out, and it was just Brody King and Julia Hart, and I was like, where's, 
Where are the other two? I mean. What else is going on? What's going on with the Blackpool Combat Club? Because I feel like once William Regal went back to WWE, they lost their momentum, at least in my opinion. division is just always where it's at. Um, I feel like if I go into AEW's women's division, it'll be the same sentiments as usual, which is why I'm going to go into it, because I feel like what they're doing with Tony Storm's character, first of all, has to be the freshest thing that I've seen in the women's division since I started watching AEW. Two. Love the fact that Chris Statlander is TBS champion because realistically she was probably the only one on that roster that could beat Jade Cargill, dethrone her for the title, and break her streak. Chris was the only one that could do that, if not Jamie Hayter. Which, everything's been downhill since Jamie Hayter's been gone. It's all been downhill for the women's division. I mean, I will say this. AEW does provide a way more entertaining product than WWE because the matchups and the talent like if you want to watch professional wrestling AEW is for you although they are kind of they go are, they do kind of push the limit between professional wrestling and sports entertainment they got to do what they got to do to get the deals and shit TV business whatever have you I do feel like AEW is a little bit more digestible and enjoyable as a product when it comes to the, the content and what's going on. WWE makes me feel like I'm walking on eggshells as a viewer. Because... Like, how can I put this? How can I put this? I'm not saying one promotion is better than the other. It just feels like one promotion is having a little bit more fun than the other, and it's not AEW. I mean, it's not WWE. That's really what I'm trying to say. Fuck. Everybody's probably going to take that and think that 
I think WWE is better than AEW, but no. It just feels like everybody at AEW is having a little bit more fun. And everybody at WWE. They're trying so hard to be up there with the likes of like NBA, MLB, and shit. And don't even get me started on the wrestling tribalism. Because you know how I said earlier how there's everything there's something for everybody to like in wrestling if people took a fraction of the energy that they did towards tribalism on social media into exploring more wrestling outside of WWE and AEW we would be at peace I can't guarantee that wrestling fans would improve on the deodorant, but we would be at peace if most people took the energy towards arguing about which company is better, who's beating who. Nobody gives a fuck at the end of the day. The only person that gives a fuck apparently is Tony Khan, because can we? You know how some people have social media managers who just run their accounts for them. Does Tony Khan not have the money for that? Because he, he has the money for everything else but a social media manager. Who runs the AEW accounts? AEW and AEW on TV? I'm going to need whoever runs that account to run Tony Khan's account because when I tell you I could not care less about who is beating who in the ratings. I could not care less about who thinks what is a better company, who thinks who's a better wrestler. I, I, I don't care anymore because I think I said it in a couple episodes back. It's the same five opinions, less than five. Of, it's the same shit every time I log into social media. It's the same fucking shit. Which is why I, like, don't talk much about AEW and WWE. Because I'm pretty sure someone else is saying the same shit out in the social media universe. But. Man. The next time... Man, if it were up to me... Anybody that complained about wrestling or tried to engage in wrestling tribalism, if it were up to me, I would force them to watch Baskin on a loop. Because I think I found a movie worse than Terrifier 2 on the horror and gore scale. I'm definitely going to unpack it on Hanging with Evil, but... um. Terrifier 2 did not even unsettle me that much. It... The four, Darefire 2 is tame compared to foreign horror. It's always foreign horror that really just, just, man. All I'm going to say is they didn't have to do all that. And I, if, next time I hear about wrestling tribalism, I just hope that happens to those people. Because, keep it so real with you, we don't care. We, we just, we don't care. I really don't care. 
Like, if you want to go back and forth with me about wrestling, that's nice. That's cute. Because let me tell you how much I don't care to go back and forth with people. Yeah, WWE, however, it just feels not stale, but can I be concerned? Am I allowed to be concerned with what's happening in WWE? Not even in a bad way, but it just... I feel like we can do so much better. I mean, like, I, I still care about a couple people in WWE, like, forever gonna be Becky Lynch ride or die, I don't care how you feel about her, I don't care what you think, I'm always gonna be that Becky Lynch ride or die, whether you like it or not. Same for Kevin Owens, I don't know, Kevin Owens ride or die as well too, Kevin Steen, if you will. But I don't know, I just feel like if you aren't a certain Roman Reigns, you don't really matter in WWE. And I feel like they're in their building new stars era, which, I mean, all fair. That's all, all fair. Because, you, you know, you gotta build the new generation for the new generation. They're building all of these... NXT stars. I have no complaints about that because everybody down in NXT, NXT is probably the superior show that WWE has right now. Because I feel like I'm seeing the same shit on Raw and SmackDown. I mean, I did see that they brought the general manager concept back, which I love. Because that, we're actually going somewhere. Because you can't have a brand split and it doesn't even feel like the brands have split. You know, I feel like having the general managers on each respective brands will kind of enforce that. But I do find it interesting that Survivor Series is next month. And they're introducing general managers all of the sudden this general manager thing is directly connected to survivor series and you cannot tell me otherwise i feel like the general manager thing is going to have everything to do with survivor series this we're they have already started planting seeds for survivor series you can't tell me otherwise i'm mainly saying that because survivor series is like my top pay-per-view I don't care what's happening, Survivor Series is probably the best. I want it to feel like the two brands hate each other. Remember when it was forbidden for a SmackDown superstar to show up on Raw and a Raw superstar to show up on SmackDown? Bring back that energy. I want it to mean something when 
SmackDown infiltrates Raw. Or Raw infiltrates SmackDown. Remember in 2017, leading up to Survivor Series, the fucking SmackDown invasion of Raw? It was on site for literally every member of the Raw roster. I want that energy back. saw a tweet that was like, I don't know how it makes sense, but do brand warfare in the war games. And I agree. SmackDown versus Raw in war games, that's the only way. That's the only way. And while we're on the subject of WWE, we are going to talk about the elephant in the room, and that is Ms. Jade going to WWE and actually being treated like a star. If there's anything that I will give WWE. They know how to make their wrestlers or their talent actually feel like superstars. And I can respect the hell out of that because it just... When, when I talk about WWE wanting to present themselves a certain way, that's essentially what I mean because I feel like you go to WWE if you're looking to be presented a certain way and you go to AEW if you just want to beat the hell out of some motherfuckers that's at least from my experience watching both it's like Starbucks versus Pete's WWE is the Starbucks in this occasion AEW's Pete's. Sometimes you just want to go get coffee and not have all that extra sugary shit. Because I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it so real with y'all. As someone that worked at Starbucks for like a year, I still don't know what cold foam is or the purpose of it. Everything at Starbucks tastes the same, and is made the same way. I feel like that's not a secret, but, like, for those that don't know, once I started working at Starbucks and I learned that literally every drink was made the same way, you know how disappointed I was? When you order that upside-down caramel macchiato, you might as well just order a fucking latte with caramel drizzle. That that was the one thing that pissed me off. That was, like, my... Uh, you know how, like, the full moon would trigger a werewolf? Every time someone would order an upside-down caramel macchiato, in my head, I would just be... Just order a fucking latte. Because that's all it is. Yeah. But I'm excited. And I like that they aren't rushing Jade into picking a brand right away. And they aren't rushing her onto into a match right away either too. They're just doing that slow burn. And that's exactly what she deserves. It's just weird. Because like 
When Cody went to WWE, it wasn't weird, because Cody was in WWE before. It is weird, because I think Jade is, like, the first, like, straight AEW to WWE. Not, like, WWE, AEW, WWE, or, like, WWE, MMA, WWE. Like, that was weird, because it's just, I still see Jade... How I've always seen her as a wrestler, it just hasn't clicked yet that she's in WWE, and I think that probably won't click until she actually has a match. But, still, it's kind of just like, wow, I love this for her. But I think I'm finally at a point where I'm done with this, like, Bloodline storyline. Because there were so many points where it could have ended. But they're still dragging it on. Like, it was... WrestleMania 39 should have been the end of it all. And, I mean, like, I get that they wanted Roman to get to a thousand days. That part I can understand. But once Roman hit his a thousand days, there's not much else you could really do. Like, Jimmy and Jay are already on separate brands. Roman's barely showing up. Now you're going to throw L.A. Knight into the picture for five minutes when you know at the end of the day, Cody's going to take the titles off of Roman at the next WrestleMania. But in my opinion, I feel like that should have been Seth. I love that Seth is World Heavyweight Champion. I love what he's doing with his reign. But I feel like Seth should be in Cody's spot, considering the history. Also, just going through the highlights. You know, much like everybody else, I do like that John Cena is still participating while he can. I love that. But also, I understand when when you're out of work and you need something to do, because everybody's on strike. I totally get that. <laughs> oh, oh, so, okay. Now, this makes sense. I was very confused. But I see Kevin Owens got traded to SmackDown. Okay, now that made sense. Also, Carlito being a full-time member of the SmackDown roster. I love this. What I don't love is that they're changing everybody's theme songs. Because, you know, as someone who considers music to also be a huge part of WWE, like, when I tell you in middle school, WWE... Well, 
not saying they shaped my whole music library. They were definitely contributed contributed to a large part of my music library in middle school. But to me, the music of WWE is just as important as everything else. And I feel like that element is definitely getting watered down. Cause like there will be there will never be another Jim Johnston. And Def Rebel is doing their best. I don't know what they're doing. I guess it's their best. But and CFOs, they had some bangers. CFOs had some bangers. But I don't know. Music used to be a, a big, big element. Remember when everybody could like have whatever theme song they wanted in WWE? But now you have to have these Death Rebel themes that don't even sound good. Like that's part of the reason why I don't watch anymore. I don't like people's theme songs. They just fucked up everybody's entrance music. Like it just. For those who still have their CFO's theme songs, it's just hold on to that while you still can. Hold on to your CFO's theme song before Def Rebel gets a hold of it. Shit. <sighs> yeah, I think that's really just it on my opinions on the current product because that's really all that's happening uh yeah that's that's really all I got and we can be back on this topic in another two months so for the month of October we are getting into Halloween Havoc which is essentially my first foray into WCW outside of Chucky's appearance to promote Bride of Chucky. Um, so yeah, tonight, like I said earlier, will be Dean Malenko versus Rey Mysterio Jr., Nagata versus Dragon, which I believe is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and depending on time, Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior. So, excitement. Excitement. Like I said, this is like the first time Halloween has really felt spooky. And I love that. And I don't know, it just, it feels fitting to watch Halloween Havoc. Not just for obvious reasons, but... It genuinely just feels spooky, Halloweeny. Like this is perfect. I wonder if I can get a Rowdy Roddy Piper costume before the twenty eighth. I mean, I know that I already got my China costume, but I was just like wondering. Oh, we're we are in Vegas, and we are sponsored by Slim Jim. Ooh. Ah. 
This set, oh my god, the set. The set, oh my god. Oh my god. This screen, this is prime time 90s. This screams 90s. Oh my god, this... What? I have, I have it on mute, sorry. I'm commentating while, while it's on mute. But I cannot believe that is Tony Schiavone. Like, I know that's Dusty Rhodes, and I know that's Bobby the Brain Heenan. But you're gonna sit up here and tell me that's Tony Schiavone. Hold on, wait. Oh my god, that is Tony Schiavone. Oh wow. That's crazy. I love Halloween. That was genuinely spooky. Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc. Courtesy of the Lacho Man. In the ha ha ha. Two things off tops. Dusty Rhodes on commentary has to be one of the best things ever. And I don't know why it wasn't put into perspective for me last episode, but I watched Rey Mysterio come out to the ring. And to think about the fact that This Rey Mysterio is currently our United States Champion. That aged me. I don't even think I was born yet. What, I forgot what year this was already. This was 96. I wasn't born yet when this match was happening. Sorry to make people feel old. But... At least for me, the fact that this Rey Mysterio in 96 is currently our United States Champion. There's a wrestling YouTuber that my mom actually put me on to. Dave Knows Wrestling. And he has a video that I haven't watched yet. But he has a video that kind of speculates what would happen if WCW had won the Monday Night Wars instead of WWE. Bring back the referees with the bow ties and the button-up shirt. A 619 with nobody home. That was crazy. Yeah, he is. 
Mysterio already unmasked in WCW? I'm sorry, it's just never not going to blow my mind that night, let me get my words right, it's never not going to blow my mind to think about the fact Rey Mysterio has been wrestling longer than I've been alive, and is still currently an active wrestler as I am approaching my 30s. You know they talk about girl math and boy math. That's Marley math. Rey Mysterio has been wrestling longer than I've been alive, and he's still a wrestler as I am approaching my 30s. Marley math. I also thought of more Marley lore. But I unfortunately forgot because I thought about it as I was on my way home from work. I don't know how long ago. I mean, my back would hurt too if someone was digging their entire foot into it.
tries to find Malenko. That, I think, shows us that, gentlemen, not only is he the master of the map, but when it comes to high-risk moves as well, very underrated. And I'm not saying that he can match Mysterio in those high-risk aerial moves, but he is definitely underrated when it comes to that category. I might bring back the... I think how I could bring back the ranking videos on YouTube for Halloween Havoc, but then I realized I could just use the event posters. I'm older than Rey Mysterio than he was in this match. I think they just said he was 21 years old in this match. Oh my god. Maybe this was a terrible idea. No, this was actually perfect. Because you know how scary that is? We're on brand. Sometimes I watch wrestling from like the 90s, and I wish if I had just been born like 10 years early, could you imagine the wrestling I would have got to experience in real time? But I also feel like at 26, I've also encountered some iconic wrestling moments. I got to witness Edge retire and unretire. Got to witness The Rock and John Cena main event WrestleMania back to back. I got to watch Undertaker and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 26. This young man gets up for the task in hand, I might. Well, he certainly does, and it's so important as well in PG era. The fact that he won that World Cruiserweight Championship here in WCW, now almost into his four month, fourth month as the world's champion. If he's so tired, he can't grow hair. Of course, this event comes here from Las Vegas, and Mike, a native of Las Vegas, living here, and uh, I know the whole city is very excited about WCW oh. being in town. This is actually pretty good. I mean, I would say I've only watched three 
Where's my list? I need to be updating my list. All of the Halloween Havoc matches that I watched, just in general, are good. But if I had to rank them out of the ones that I've watched thus far, I would say Eddie and Ray, number one. Ray and Dean Malenko right here, this is probably sneaking in at number two. Cactus Jack and Vader, solid three. But I need to get my list going of favorites. Although I did, before my, um, fucking, before my, that mic that I bought that I had to delete a bunch of content for, before that glitched out on me, I did watch Halloween Havoc 89, Ric Flair and Sting versus Terry Funk and the Great Muda. Skyscrapers versus Legion of Doom. Freebirds versus Dynamic Dudes. Yeah, so let me just update this list while I'm here, because I'm. I'm gonna be so honest. I know people say a lot of wrestlers and a lot of athletes are the GOAT. But Rey Mysterio is the only one where I feel that's true. Because, like, you can call anybody a GOAT. But until they feel like the GOAT, at least to me, they aren't the GOAT. Like, I get why they call LeBron James the GOAT. I can feel why LeBron James is the GOAT, and I don't even watch basketball. Rey Mysterio is another one who feels like the GOAT. Brent Burns, another example. Is that a pin or a submission? Yeah, he's up top. They're both up top. Yeah, but this is where Mysterio rules. And look at the fight going on. Oh, oh they both hit the apron. And they brought him all the way down the floor. And another counter here. Don't forget, folks. 
actually, I look almost like he slipped off when he tried to make a, a, an attempt at a Frankensteiner or Rudakon Rana off the steel. Oh, wow. You know how I always talk about those matches where you can't tell who's gonna win? That to me is the sign of a good match. Cause I, if I'm watching a match and it's not predictable who's gonna come out the banger, that means that they're really in that motherfucker doing what they're supposed to be doing. This whole sequence that they just did, I fuck. That whole sequence that they just did with the flips, like Ray had flipped Dean over between his legs and did a back bend to pin him, and he kicked out at two and fuck. That was like so swift. The dude in the front row that just stood up and waved his arms no with the sunglasses on moved. There's a dude there are two dudes in the front row with sunglasses on losing their ever loving mind at these near falls. They are so relatable right now.
not to like sneak a yawn in there, but man. That was a good match. That was a really good match. I get it now. I'm having one of those I get it now moments. And I have those moments a lot when I go back and rewatch these matches. I'm, I, I get it now. I just get it. This is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Love it. So, you know how when you assume you make an ass out of you and me, and when I read Nagata versus Dragon, I assumed that it was Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and not Ultimo Dragon. So, I'm ready for this one. For real, for real. Like, you don't understand. I almost want to stick around to the end because you have another one of my favorites. This is the Halloween Havoc where Roddy Piper faced Hogan in the steel cage and I just want to watch it for Roddy Piper but the real question is am I in the mood for the Hulkster tonight? Those are the real questions. But I'm excited for this match. I'm excited to get into some wrestling. Not wrestling. Not wrestling. Not wrestling. Wrestling. It is exactly what we're getting into. Okay, the 1997 stage. The 97 stage. Okay, step up from the 96 stage. For real. Okay, alright. This was also the same pay-per-view as Eddie versus Ray. This time with no commercial interruptions because I just thought watching it on YouTube was the easiest decision at the time. But yeah. Wow. Unintentional back-to-back -back Ultimo Dragon matches because last night he teamed with Motor City Machine Guns at West Coast 5 and now Halloween Havoc. Crazy to think about. Has not missed a beat. Has not missed a step. Lethal kicks in wrestling. We'll have to see how this.
Again, bring back the referees. With the button down shirt and the bow tie. Not good, beautiful. Get it right. to the stomach right as you're jumping that Check to Nagata here because he feels he's lost 
pad because of what happened to him and Sonny Odo. Oh, this is very interesting. I'll tell, tell you what's interesting about this. Already, right off the get-go, distraction from the outside has graced us here at Halloween Havoc. As we see Raven, Midfits, whatever you call them, move their way down into a seated area. There's a lot going on here besides what's going on in the ring right here. That, that can take away from what you're doing out there. You know what I mean? about the physical nature of world championship wrestling. I talked to Dragon before this match. He's coming into this bout with bone chips on his elbow, and I know that's, that's a, really an injury that so many wrestlers seem to have from time to time. This has been a really good match, by the way. Not ignoring you guys. This has just been a really good match.
I think what's blowing my mind the most is that Ultimo Dragon was literally wrestling like this last night. Well, he didn't lose last night, but he was definitely at this caliber last night, for sure. Excuse me. And with that, I think we'll call it an episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. And I'll catch you on the next one.